morning sports fans betters and cappers and welcome to the daily competitive hedge podcast i'm your host of the show kenneth cotterell and thank you all for joining me here on a beautiful saturday morning we've got epl on already crazy game happening right now between aston villa and everton that just finished we'll talk about that in a little bit here but today we are talking all about sports and the world of betting we talk about a few results from yesterday's and even this morning's games and headlines before we get into today's slate, talking about what games are on and which bets we like, and we cap it off with our favorite plays early on. So our episode today is brought to you by Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many, many more great products. They have a variety of sports to bet on, and Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile app, which can be downloaded from the homepage of their website. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account to get started, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so. Now let's talk about yesterday's recap. We had a good day yesterday, 5-1 and one overall for all of our show picks and the picks that were posted on Twitter there. We had Sweden 6 nothing. They were minus 4.5, so we cashed that one. On the World Junior side, we had Braves Moneyline versus Miami. Uh, we cashed that play as well. Hamilton Moneyline versus Toronto was a bit of a sweat, but they ultimately win by a touchdown at home. Watford Moneyline versus Burnley. Watford goalkeeper saved us big time, but we were able to pick up the one nothing victory there on the money line, a plus money play. And then we had San Diego run line versus the Nationals. That one was never really a sweat. They blew them out entirely 10 to 5. And then the only miss yesterday was Boston and New York. We had over nine and a half. They finished that game at three to two in the 10th inning. So not particularly close on that one, but we're looking forward to today's slate we got a lot of action to talk about but let's talk about the other games that happened yesterday first starting with the world junior side we had slovakia they won three to two in overtime over latvia we stayed away from that game yesterday a lot of nfl preseason action yesterday the big game has to be with the jets and the eagles 24 21 but it's more so the fact that zach wilson went down with an injury now it sounds like their starting quarterback is going to miss a few weeks, but ultimately won't miss the season, which is the most important thing. So while he may miss a little bit of time, we will see Zach Wilson, the mom slayer, as some might call him, out on the field. Now, when we're talking other MLB action yesterday, we saw Cleveland blow out Toronto 8 to nothing. They've won six games in a row. The Orioles won 10 to 3 over the Rays. Who would have thought the Orioles at this juncture would be ahead of the Rays in the standings? They're six games above 500. You got the Phillies 2-1 to one over the Mets yesterday in the 10th inning. 
Big result for the Phillies, who are third in that division, but fighting for a playoff spot. Then you had uh, the White Sox won two to nothing over the Tigers. The Mariners six to two over the Rangers. The Dodgers once again cover the run line. I think that's ten or eleven straight days they've covered the run line at an eight to three total. Astros seven to five over the A's. Cardinals three to one over the Brewers. The Rockies five to three over the Diamondbacks. We talked about this game yesterday, how we thought maybe you lean the under here because they've gone over so much. And the line being at 12, they were not able to meet that very steep over-under line that we saw yesterday. The Twins won 4 to nothing on the road against the Angels. And then the big game of the night was the Giants 5-3 to versus the Pirates. Now, Hamilton, as we said, they won 34-27 to yesterday. Uh, Schilt's in at quarterback. He was 14 of 19 for 176 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Uh, that takes... Hamilton now to two and six on the year. The Argos sit at four and three now. So that gets them back into the playoff hunt. Now, when we're talking on the golf side of things, because we had a FedEx St. Jude championship, we had some bets out there. Xander Shoffley and Cameron Young, both of our winner picks, not looking very likely to take home the trophy. Xander's T33, Cameron Young at T64. He's already teed off this morning and he's even through four holes. So unless Xander has a massive Saturday, looking like the winner bets will not be hitting. We got four other bets out there that have potential. Uh, we do have Tony Fee now. He's T5. We need him top 10. So at plus 220, he looks good. Uh, Max Homa, he's T27. Sam Burns, he's T17. We need those guys to finish in the top 20 in order to cash their plays. So those ones are looking pretty solid. And then, unfortunately, Sung J.M., we have him top 10. He's T64, so he may fall out of it. But if we can get a couple of those top 10 and top 20 finishes to cash, then we'll be in a really good spot. Um, as far as other games yesterday, the Mystics beat the Fever in WNBA 82-70. to We talked about that double-digit spread. Uh, the Liberty won 80-70 to over the Atlanta Dream. Massive result for them and had major playoff implications. They play once more in a couple days' time. Then we had the Storm. They blew out the Lynx 96-69. to I really liked Seattle. The fact that they were underdogs, I was a little bit surprised by, but they come out and they win. And then you had the Phoenix Mercury 86-74. to They win that game. And so that caps off all of our games from yesterday. Now let's focus on today, starting with that Villa game. We posted on Twitter last night that we like Villa Moneyline at minus 123. We also have a collaboration on Twitter with Eric Sports Picks, where we took both teams to score. That one looked pretty dire with about 15 minutes to go. It was one nothing. You get the second goal from Villa, and then Everton scores on an own goal soon after. But Villa ultimately holds on. So we've already cashed those two plays, both teams to score and Villa money line. A lot of this is going to come down to that Leeds game, which kicks off in about 20 minutes time here. So. Let's talk today's bets and overall the, the game slate that we have today. Uh, tons of NFL preseason action. You got the Commanders and Panthers. You got the Bears and Chiefs, the Bills and Colts, the Steelers, Seahawks, the Bucks, Dolphins, the Texans versus the Saints, the Broncos, Cowboys, and the Battle of LA Chargers versus Rams. As we've said previously, won't be betting any NFL preseason action, but if you're wanting to do so, 
a lot of the overs have been hitting. We've seen a lot of teams, both teams going over 20 points so far. So that might be a play to look at, especially given all of these over underlines are in the 33 to 38 point range. Now, the Braves today, they're minus 130 versus the Marlins. We were on the Braves yesterday. Don't really love taking a road favorite back-to-back days, so we're going to stay away. That's a just past 1 o'clock first pitch, Muller versus Lazardo. Then we've got the Guardians and Jays. Uh, McKenzie on the mound. He's 8-8 eight eight with a 3.16 ERA, taking on uh, White, who's 1-3. The Jays are minus 125, but the Guardians have won six in a row, so bet. Uh, cautiously on that game. You got McClanahan taking on Hall in the Orioles and Rays. The Rays are minus 175. Uh, Then you've got the Cubs and Reds. Uh, Reds are minus 125. They've got Ashcroft on the mound taking on Samson. Uh, I tend to like the under in that game, but I don't love either of these offenses, so that's a big reason why. The Padres, they're minus 290 with Darvish on the mound today. You've got Sanchez, who's 0-5 on the other side side that's Annabelle Sanchez uh, minus two and a half for the Padres is not even plus money it's minus 115 today so staying away from that Padres game if anything I would take uh, the over eight and a half because I do have faith that the Padres are going to score plenty of runs today it just matters how many the Nats get by Darvish then we got the White Sox minus 190 versus the Tigers you got the Astros minus 290 versus the A's Staying away from both of those games, you do have Giolito going for the White Sox. So if you're looking for a nice parlay piece, minus 190 on the money line for the White Sox isn't terrible. The Dodgers there, minus 270 versus the Royals today with Heaney on the mound. Minus two and a half at minus 105. I don't hate it. Uh, as I just said, the the Dodgers have hit the run line on their last 10 or 11 games. They've been an absolute wagon over the last month. Uh, on an 11-game winning streak right now. Uh, Then you've got Braves and Marlins again a little bit later on, still waiting on the pitchers there. you got DeGrom and Nola going. DeGrom obviously gives the Mets a minus 210. Uh, You have the Yankees minus 145 with Montes on the mound against Crawford for the Red Sox. Then you got the Rangers minus 120 versus the Mariners. Dunning versus Gonzalez, we're not betting that game. Cardinals and Brewers. Brewers are minus 140 on the road with Burns on the mound taking on Wainwright. We'll give our play on this game a little bit later on. Gallon versus Urena in the Diamondbacks and Rockies. Diamondbacks are minus 145. The over-under is 11.5 again, so staying away from that game. If anything, I would bet Diamondbacks' money line. Giants minus 250 versus the Pirates with Webb going against Bede. Uh, The over-under is 7.5. I would lean the under there. I do think that uh, the Giants are going to score plenty of runs today. And then you got the Angels and Twins with Detmers and Bundy on the mound. Now, CFL-wise, you have the early game. This one is kickoff is at 7 o'clock Eastern time. That is the BC Lions taking on the Calgary Stampeders. The Lions are 6-1. and one, The Stamps are 5-2. and two. Both these teams have only lost to Winnipeg. So this should be an absolutely great game. BC are the favorites on the road, slight favorites. And we'll talk about them more in our betting card. And then you have the Rough Riders. They're minus five and a half versus Edmonton. I really hate that betting line today because Saskatchewan has not looked great lately. And so we're staying away from our beloved Rough Riders taking on the Elks today. Now let's talk EPL games that are about to kick off here in 20 minutes time. Arsenal and Leicester City. Leicester coming off the 2-2 draw with Brentford. Arsenal, they won on opening day. 
think if you're going to bet anything, I would bet Arsenal and Leicester, both teams to score. Really like the odds on that as well. Um, but that is one of the plays that we like early on. Brighton and Newcastle staying away from this one. Um, Brighton, they're coming off the high of beating Man United at Old Trafford. Newcastle beat Nottingham Forest at home. I don't know what to make either of these teams, so I'm staying away from this game. Manchester City, they are heavy favorites against Bournemouth. If you even want to remotely bet Man City, you're looking at minus two and a half here. We do have a bet 99 boost play that we really like involving a Man City player that we'll talk about in a minute here. Leeds and Southampton today. Um, I do like Leeds money line. It's one of the plays that we have out on Twitter at plus 210. We'll talk about why in a little bit here. Wolverhampton and Fulham today. Uh, Wolves, they're coming off of a 2-1 to one loss to Leeds, whereas Fulham, they drew Liverpool yesterday, or last week. So uh, the promotion side taking on Wolves, a veteran team in the Premier League. And then you've got in the late game today, Brentford, they're at home versus Man United. We do have a play that we like for that game. Some UFC tonight as well. You got Cruz and Vera as the, the main event for UFC Fight Night. I do like Cruz at minus 160, the rest of the card. Don't have enough knowledge on to truly weigh in on it. So those are the plays that we have that are on the slate. Now, what is our early hedge five? These are the early five plays that we're going to be putting out on Twitter as soon as we're done going live here. Uh, we'd love some of these plays and a couple of them start right away. So the EPL boost that I love today, it's Kevin De Bruyne and Mo Salah both to score. <clears throat> now, Liverpool doesn't play until tomorrow or sorry, they don't play until Monday, but I think De Bruyne is going to score today. I think they're going to blow the doors off of Bournemouth. Um, the fact that I like Man City and Bournemouth over three and a half at minus 125 shows you that if that's going to happen, the, pretty much all those goals are coming from Man City. And so with Holland scoring both the goals in the opener, I think De Bruyne is going to find a way to score today. Liverpool, they're coming off the tough draw against Fulham. They're at home against Crystal Palace. So I think Salah, he's going to have a big day, but you can take the odds on that one from plus 275 to 325. Uh, so really love that boost. Um, not in the official hedge five, but it will be a play that we're on and will be posted. Is Arsenal and Leicester, both teams to score at minus 123. Lots of offense on both sides, and I see it being a very open game. So the early hedge five, starting with Brentford and Manchester United, both teams to score at minus 148. United were absolutely brutal opening week. They were fortunate to score. But they did score ultimately, and they are taking on a Brentford team who just were promoted uh, the season prior. Um, they are coming off the 2-2 two two game with Leicester. I see it being very similar here, 2-1 two to one or 2-2 two to two tight finish. I think this has potential to hit in the first half, and obviously at minus 148, Vegas feels pretty strongly about this both teams to score as well. So I like that play there. Second one is Leeds Moneyline versus Southampton. Uh, plus 210. Leeds are the road team. I've seen a lot of Leeds draw no bet. Probably the safer play at plus 130 if you like that, but I like the money line. Um, I'm not high on Leeds overall for the entire season, but I have been uh, convinced by a good friend, Walker Bailey, that Southampton are not legit either. And so I think we could see Leeds six points through two games. Then St. Louis money line versus Milwaukee at plus 120. As I said, Burns is on the mound for Milwaukee, but he often doesn't get the run support that he needs. And with Wainwright at home for the Cardinals, Cardinals coming off the win yesterday as well. I love the plus money here, and I think that 
the upset potential is there. So I'm taking St. Louis money line. Then Calgary money line versus BC. BC does have Tanner Rourke, who's looked incredible this year. But I think people forget that Calgary is still a legitimate team that can win the Grey Cup this year. Their only losses are to Winnipeg, and the fact that they're home underdogs is pretty rare. I think they're going to get it done today. They know that if they lose to BC, then they're in a tough spot, and they're likely to finish third in the West. So I think they tie it up today with a win over BC. And then our final play is Cleveland and Toronto over eight at minus 120. You got Tristan McKenzie on the mound. As I said, Cleveland's won six straight, but the Jays are starting Mitch White today. I think either blow, either of these guys have blow up potential more likely to be white, but also the fact that I don't love either of these bullpens, especially Toronto's. I think that you can get a lot of late runs out of these two teams. And so I love the over eight at minus 120. If you're listening to the audio on Apple, Spotify, you're about to hear the Green Bay Packers preview as well. My wife's team. So I was pretty generous with them. Welcome back to the Competitive Hedge podcast. It is August 13th, which means our 13th NFL team preview is upon us. Yesterday, the discussion was all about the Houston Texans. Definitely not one of those teams that are competing in their conference, but today we head back to the NFC, the North Division specifically, to talk about our third team from this division. We've already talked about the Lions and Bears, but let's talk the cream of the crop when it comes to this division, that being the Green Bay Packers. Now, this is a team that I hold, I shouldn't say near and dear to my heart, but given my wife is a Packers fan, I am always hopeful that they do well as long as it's not against Dallas. My sister, brother-in-law, they're all Packers fans, so it's tough to avoid them, to be perfectly honest. And so the Green Bay Packers, they are the team today that we're talking about now. The Packers 2021-2022 season, it ended prematurely, you should say, because they went 13-4 and last year. They were the number one seed in the NFC. You wouldn't think that after week one. I mean, they got blown out in the opener against New Orleans absolutely blown off the field then they go on to win seven straight then they play Kansas City Minnesota and Detroit are their other losses picked up some big wins in between those but they got to the playoffs as the one seed and to be perfectly honest I was in an NFL playoff pool had the number one overall pick thought Green Bay was pretty safe they were going to get the winner of Dallas and San Fran I had faith that they'd beat Dallas given recent history but they end up getting San Fran and San Fran as well. They took care of business, eliminated the Packers early. So it was an abrupt end to last year's season for the Packers, but they had a very interesting offseason when we're talking about losing Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They did bring in Sammy Watkins, but the big reason why they had to do this was Aaron Rodgers decided, you know what, I only got a couple years left. I'm going to go out and get paid. And I'm sure he had conversations with Devontae about that. We know that the contract situation was something that would have been discussed between the two of them, knowing that chances are we're only going to be able to pay one of you unless someone's willing to take a massive pay cut. That didn't happen. Devontae's now a Raider. And you've got Aaron Rodgers still at the helm for Green Bay. Now, draft-wise, they had two first-round picks, and they went with a Georgia duo, both defensive players, Quay Walker, the linebacker out of Georgia at 22, 
and then Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle at 28. And people once again are like, well, are they going to get Rodgers some weapons? They did in this draft. May not have been first round picks, but they go out, they get Christian Watson at 34 and then Romeo Dubes a couple rounds later at 132. So this is going to be a very different Packers offense. Now, the backfield's still intact. The one-two punch of Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, both fantasy relevant. We'll talk about their fantasy value a little more in depth in a little bit. But when he got the back-to-back MVP, I think they're relying on the fact that he's going to be able to get them there. And they instead decided to make the defense a lot better. And by the looks of it, they do have a great defense on their hands. So the question has to be asked of, are they still the team to beat in the NFC North? Now, having heard us talk about two of these teams already, Chicago's not one that you're worried about. They hung Justin Fields out to dry. He's going to struggle all year. Chicago, if they're lucky, is winning five games this year. Detroit, while there is a lot of optimism there, we talked about the potential of eight wins, maybe nine if, if it's really lucky. They're going to be in the hunt for a playoff spot, but not to win the division. So that really only leaves Minnesota. They got the new head coach. They still have the Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook offense that we've seen over the last number of years. Defense leaves a little bit to be desired, but it should be about on par with where they were at last year. So to me, Green Bay is still the team to beat. This is still their division. And the betting lines say so as well, minus 189 to win the division. Not great odds at the start of the year if you're looking to uh, pick some division winners unless you're willing to parlay them. So, yes, Green Bay, I'm picking them to win the division once again this year. The minus 189, maybe you parlay that with Tampa Bay or, or Buffalo or some of these other teams to get some plus value. But I think Green Bay is the team to beat here. Minnesota is plus 285 but they haven't been able to put it together in recent years. So I'm not going to hold my breath on that front with Minnesota. I'm also not going to go out and bet minus 500 to make the playoffs. Yeah, you want, you'd love to because you feel like it's a sure thing, but you're one Aaron Rodgers injury away from not doing well. So really no point in going out and do it. Now, the betting line that intrigues me the most is this win total. The over-under is 10 and a half. The over is minus 162. So Vegas feels very confidently that this is still an 11-win Packers team. And I like to think that it is as well. Now, this one does scare me a bit. Chicago, I do feel like you sweep Chicago this year. Detroit split at worst. Same with Minnesota. So to me, this is a minimum four-division game winner. Now, if they go 5-1, and one, I feel like you can cruise past that over. We're looking at 11, potentially 12 wins. But if it's just four, then you have to look at the fact that, okay, the remaining 11 games, they have to go out and find seven wins. So is there seven wins out there for their uh, non-division schedule? You have Tampa Bay early in the year. Have some concerns. We'll put them to the side for now. New England, I think they can win that game. The Giants, the Jets. Washington. So you get up to four wins there. Then you have Buffalo, tough game. Dallas, tough game. We don't know what Tennessee is. I'd like to think they can win that game. Then you've got Philadelphia. You should win that game. The Rams, I would take the Rams in that matchup. And then Miami, I like to think they could win. 
So just looking on the surface, there's seven winnable games, four that you're maybe unsure of, or three you're unsure of the Rams. I don't think they beat them this year for sure. So it leaves you thinking that, yes, the over should hit, but is it truly worth betting at minus 162? I know that it's no minus 200 or worse, but it is a lot that you're going to have to put down in order to make a serious profit on this one. So I'm not sure if I love the bet as a whole. I'd rather just parlay the divisions because I feel very confident in the division. Whereas you start out slow, maybe you lose a game to New England that you shouldn't, and then you're having to make up for it later in the year. So I think if I'm taking any bet here, it's just Green Bay to win the division at minus 189. As I said, parlaying it with another division like Tampa, like Buffalo, or even Indy. I feel pretty confident about Indy. So let's talk fantasy value for the Green Bay Packers. Starting at quarterback, you got Aaron Rodgers. His ADP is 96. He's round 9 to 10 range, maybe 8 depending on what league you're in. But he is ahead of Matthew Stafford. He's behind Dak Prescott. I love this range for Aaron Rodgers. And a lot of people are going to say, well, could Rodgers struggle because of the lack of weapons? I think if anything, he's just going to force feed it to Alan Lazard. He's going to put a lot on Alan's shoulders this year. But I don't have concerns about Rodgers being able to find players. Um, he fits balls into spaces that like you would never think possible, and he's done it his entire career. And so I'm really not concerned about his quote-unquote lack of weapons, especially since we got a couple rookies there. If either of them pan out, then we could see just as dangerous of an offense as we have in years past. So I feel very comfortable taking Aaron Rodgers round nine, even round eight. The fact that you can have three running backs, three wide receivers, maybe your tight end, maybe you just have a little bit of depth. You go out and get that fourth running back or receiver before you draft Rodgers. And you should feel pretty comfortable with it. Um, he hasn't missed a lot of time the last couple of years. The concern is if you wait for Stafford, he's already got the shoulder concerns. Dak should be fine. I think he's going to finish with a better fantasy year. So if you want to reach around earlier on Dak, that's fine. But if you want safe, you want consistent, you're not worried about your QB play for the entire season, then I look to Aaron Rodgers there in the eighth or ninth round. Now, running back-wise, this is a tough one to pick because you have Aaron Jones, his ADP is 21, meaning late second-round pick for an Aaron Jones. Now, he is ahead of Javante Williams, with I, which I completely agree with, but he is behind Alvin Kamara. I think seeing reports today that Kamara shouldn't be suspended this year, it's more likely to be the following season. I think you're going to see him vault up draft boards again back into the first round. So maybe Aaron Jones value dips a little bit there, but I do think that Jones has value in this offense. I don't love a second round pick on him. I thought Aaron Jones was a great third round running back for many years. He relied a bit more on the touchdowns than most, but he had the year where he had like 17 touchdowns. And so in this offense now where you have AJ Dillon, who's starting to play a bigger role every single year, his ADP, he's now up to 65. He was in the 90s last year. So he's moving up. He's just behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the starter in Kansas City. He is ahead of Miles Sanders, the starter in Philly, and Damian Harris, the quote-unquote starter in New England. So I think he's appropriately rated. I think if I have to draft either of these guys, I would prefer to get Dylan. 
because I know that I can go and get Javante Williams. I know I can go and get, if you want to even go wide receiver, you can go and get Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel in that range. You know exactly what their role is going to be. I do have a little bit of a concern that Dylan could steal some touches, but either way, I don't think you can be disappointed if you have either running back on your roster, um, especially if Rodgers has the lack of weapons. Maybe they lean more on the run game this year. Now, wide receiver-wise, we're looking at Alan Lazard, ADP 103. So we're looking at a ninth-round pick for him. Maybe he slips to the 10th if you're lucky. The players around him, you got Robert Woods coming off the injury. You got Christian Kirk, who got paid in Jacksonville. He is behind the two rookies, Alave and Garrett Wilson. I'd way rather draft Lazard than the two rookies. I think he's going to play a big role in this offense because he's kind of the lone guy that has chemistry with Rodgers as far as receivers go. Robert Tunyon's a different story, but with no MVS, you're bringing in Watkins. Watkins, his ADP is 182. So he's probably going to be a waiver wire guy in most leagues. You're probably going to pick him up at some point off the waiver wire, hoping that he catches a touchdown on a bye week. But Christian Watson's intriguing. ADP 129, you can get him in the 11th round, likely maybe the 12th. Some guys might reach on him because he's a rookie, because he has that upside being in the Green Bay offense. Or Romeo Dubes, even ADP 178. He's close to that Watkins range, but guys might draft him because he's got more of an upside, whereas you know Watkins, he's going to be consistent, but he doesn't have that breakout potential like one of these rookies does. If I'm talking about a wide receiver I would draft, I think it has to be Lazard. I know that there's upside with some of these other guys, but Allen, I know what he can do with Rodgers. I feel like Rodgers is very comfortable with him this year. And so I think Alan Lazard, if you can get him in that ninth round, maybe even reach in the eighth if you feel really good about the fact you get a team's WR1. So that's where I view these wide receivers for Green Bay. Now, I actually think the steal potentially in fantasy from a Green Bay perspective is going out and getting Robert Tunyon. And you don't even have to draft him early. He may not be ready for week one. If I'm being perfectly honest, I don't think he's going to be ready for week one just a feeling the fact that he's still on the pop list. But I do like him as a stash option if you're punting tight end down the road. Because when you start looking at the range of tight ends where he's at, Cole Kmet would be like the best case scenario. Then you're looking at Hunter Henry with Mac Jones. You're looking at Noah Fant with Drew Locke. You're looking at Tyler Higby in that Rams offense. But even in that Rams offense, he's option four probably. So... What I like about Tunyon is if you do punt it down the road, say you decide one of those four guys I mentioned is who you're going to draft a bit earlier on, you can still then get Robert Tunyon in the last round, potentially even pick him up after your draft, especially if you have an IR spot and you can just throw him there for a few weeks. I think once he gets back into this offense, we've seen when healthy what he can do with Aaron Rodgers. He had some big games a couple years ago. And so I think this is a guy that you could steal in your draft if you're punting tight end, and a lot of people do once you get past that top five. So this is the guy for me in the Green Bay offense. It sounds crazy, but to me, he's the guy in the Green Bay offense that you have to own. So what do I expect to be the expectations for Green Bay this year? I think their overall expectation is they have to win the division. You don't pay Aaron Rodgers as much money as you did if you have no intention of winning the division. Do I think they can go much further after that? 
I think you can get out a wild card weekend. I don't anticipate them being the one seed this year. I think that's Rams, Tampa, maybe even Dallas territory because they've got more complete teams. But I do think that Green Bay, you give them Philly, you give them, I shouldn't say San Fran given recent history, but you get Arizona. Maybe if Carolina sneaks into the playoffs, maybe Minnesota does. I still like Rodgers to beat all those teams. It's just after that, I don't feel great. And so that would be my expectation for Green Bay. I do think that they should have brought in one more weapon and a lethal weapon, not a not a Sammy Watkins. I would have rather seen them go out and get an Odell or an Allen Robinson who could have produced in this offense, but they didn't do that. So that's my only concern. I think if Green Bay are smart. They lean on the run game. They lean on the defense a bit. And then when you get to the playoffs, Rodgers is ready to go. I would not bet him to win MVP this year. I just think that without Devontae, it's going to be very tough. And so those are my expectations for Green Bay. But we appreciate everyone who listens to our NFL preview shows every single day. As we said, this was our 13th team. We're coming up on the midway point of our season previews for these teams. Tomorrow, we're going to have Indianapolis. We'll have Jacksonville in a couple days' time. A lot of great things happening over here at the Competitive Hedge Podcast. And so we will see you guys tomorrow for the Daily Competitive Hedge Podcast.